Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's house ferocious says, Nikhil Alexander Walker against the Clippers. Damn, dude. Men's. Men's had a night. He put up points. PG and Kawhi. Oof. Can't stop him. It's technically from last week, but I forgot to mention it, and he's a Canadian kid, so I wanted to throw it out there. The guy absolutely dominated PG and Kawhi. Very impressive. Yeah. You know we love our Canadians out on this podcast. Matt, I'm proud of you and me. We both got our W's this week on our hot takes. You with our wins against Charlotte, which, I mean, the Raptors really needed. And me as the, I mean, I'm going to call myself the football hot take master now, thanks to Tom Brady the GOAT. (laughs) Man, I can't believe you squeaked that one out. You must be the NFL hot take king at this point. Oh, buddy. Matt, I was checking the box score after I was... Like, I don't know, I was hanging out on Sunday, and all of a sudden I looked, and I was like, wait, they're winning? Oh my gosh, this is happening? I'm getting this right? Unreal. Man, I'm proud of myself. I'll, That's all I'm going to say. I'll talk about it when I round it up, because I'm going to do the divisional matchups from this week in order of the games that they were played. Luckily, I was 3 of 4 this week, which brings my record to 6 and 10 in the playoffs. Not gr- You're doing good. Not great, but, you know, definitely not bad. Um, no. But let's start with that first game between uh, Green Bay and L.A., because that game, I was very impressed with the Green Bay offense. They absolutely tore apart that L.A. defense. It's unfortunate that um, Aaron Donald had some torn rib cartilage that he was playing through because he does make a big difference for that defensive line and that entire defense. But this one didn't end up being that close, man. It was 32-18 to 18 in the end, and Aaron Rodgers looked like the MVP candidate that he is and probably is going to be the MVP this year. And it, it was just too much for the Rams to overcome. Even Goff and Akers, they played well. It just wasn't enough to overcome Green Bay this week. They're on a tear. Green Bay, they want to go all the way. Rodgers, he wants that chance to win another ring. I think I mean, I think he wants to play Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and, and show everybody who the best quarterback in the NFL is. But... Um, I think Patrick Mahomes would still beat him. <laughs> I mean, he's got that injury right now, you know, that concussion protocol. I mean, he's been playing in practice, but, I mean, I think he's going to play on the weekend. Dude, we'll you see, keep right? pulling me ahead. That's that's after the Baltimore-Buffalo game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go back. Go because back. what I thought was going to be the tightest, most exciting game of the weekend ended up being a bloodbath of defensive talent. Oh, my goodness. The fact that the highest scoring team from last season in Baltimore versus the highest scoring team this year in Buffalo ended in a 17 to three score with Lamar throwing a 101 yard pick six. So the offense only accounted for 13 total points for both teams. Wow. Just wild, man. I had absolutely no idea that that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be an offensive battle, but again, Buffalo fails to score at the rate that they're accustomed to, but that defense was able to hold them in it. And Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have a special, special connection. I mean, defense wins championships, Matt, at least that's what I have heard in the past. Definitely, man. Defense has been known to win championships and it's why people are actually picking Buffalo over KC this weekend. But the Browns did put up a pretty good fight on KC. 
KC, though, would have absolutely blown them out if Patrick Mahomes had stayed healthy. The guy, I don't know what happened to his foot in the first first half. He kind of tweaked it a little bit, and he was hobbling around for most of the first half on, like, a bad foot, and they were still up 19-3. to He finally gets gets knocked out of the game, unfortunately, with that concussion. Hopefully, he'll be okay. He looked super wobbly, like kind of like Bambi out there. But ouch, <laughs> man, it was it was tough to watch, especially watching the premier player in the NFL be like that. It was it was heart wrenching. Well, well, of course, you never want to see you know those stars get injured because we want to see them play their sport at the absolute best that they can. Yeah, exactly, man. I I love watching him play. He's just so good. And I mean, after he got knocked out. The Browns really made a game of it. They they clawed back in with 14 second half points. Um, they made it 22 to to 17 game, but I mean Chad Henney, he's not anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes in terms of caliber. So as a backup, he's not going to do much. I did love when he scrambled for the first down and to seal the game. Patrick Mahomes tweeted out from the locker room, "Anything is possible," and the, oh, the Kevin it. Garnett meme. That was absolutely yeah. awesome, but I mean, we all knew Casey was going to move on. So, <laughs> that's I mean, we, no doubts. My buddy was trying to get me to hot take the Browns, you know, to win, and I was like, you know, it might happen because it would be historical. But uh, I just can't say no. The Chiefs—they're just too good. I can't go against them. Honestly, man, the difference in the teams are their quarterbacks, because. Baker Mayfield didn't have a great first half. He played better in the second, but still didn't have a great game. And Patrick Mahomes was able to do enough in the first to really just take KC to the win. So quarterbacks are everything, man. (laughs) Quarterbacks win championships, Matt. Quarterbacks are everything. Yeah, and especially in the next game, Tampa Bay, New (laughs) Orleans, man. They number one and number two in almost every statistical category for quarterbacks at this point. Yardage, completion, passing attempts, touchdowns. I mean, you name it. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they own it. Except one guy still looked like he had some left in the tank. And Drew Drew Brees, he definitely was showing his age. 19 of 34 for 134 yards, one TD, three INTs, and a 38.1 quarterback rating. Atrocious. Yikes. Man, he, hey man. he's the reason they lost. That's, that's, uh, it's true. But on the other side, you got Brady, you got the GOAT. He's trying, he's doing everything you can. You know, I've personally been watching more football content to try to bring some more for you, my guy. And everything that I hear is that he's still pulling magic and it's never ending for this man. Well, I think what it is is the fact that he was never athletic and now he can just read and react so much faster than he used to be able to. His brain processing the game is just so much faster than anybody else out there. He's seen every package. He's seen every defensive coverage and blitz package and whatever have you. And yeah, man, he navigated his way through. I should have known that it was going to happen. You don't normally beat a team three times in a row in a season. But, mm. hey, man, uh, it was a great game and a great moment for the two of them at the end. They they kind of um, got together on the field after they both changed after and um, had some family time. Tom Brady threw a touchdown pass to one of Drew Brees' kids in the end zone <laughs> while his, That's awesome. Drew Brees' daughter is, like, 
pounding on his son. It was. It's a great video. <laughs> I'd recommend watching it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'll have to check it out. I'm always glad to see those type of moments between stars. But yeah, Brady gets to move on and Breeze, unfortunately, does not. Definitely, yeah. Well, Championship Sunday this weekend, man. Uh, sets up KC versus Buffalo. Josh Allen and his hype train. People are saying that he's better than Patrick Mahomes, that he's a more valuable player to his team than Patrick Mahomes. Will Patrick Mahomes be able to play and convince everybody otherwise? And Tampa Bay versus Green Bay, you've got two of the QB goats of all time. One who is known for all the accolades. Uh, He's got Super Bowls, uh, AFC Championship games, Pro Bowls, everything you want. And then the other guy's known for his ability. Who will win that game? I'll tell you right now. KC is definitely going to take out uh, Buffalo. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. I expect Patrick Mahomes to play. 38-35 to in a shootout. Going to be a good one. That's exciting. Oh, man, I'm pumped for this one. But Green Bay and Tampa, I think, is going to be a little bit less exciting. I think Green Bay is going to control most of the game, even though they did get blown out by Tampa this year. I think it's going to be 30-20 to in favor of Green Bay. So I'm taking Green Bay, Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and I'll predict it next week. Oh, that's exciting, Matt. Honestly, it sounds like fantastic football is coming up in the next few weeks. Time will tell. Since I am the football hot take master, I will come back at the end of today, but I'm not going to spoil anything now, Matt. I don't want to get too far ahead. I'm excited for it, man. (laughs) All right, shall we move on to basketball, my friend? 100%, buddy. That's why we're here. All right, well, I'll get COVID out of the way because it seems that no matter what, the NBA can't get away with it. We got 11 players this week positive, which means that we've had 27 in the past two weeks. Scary numbers, Matt, scary. We're up to 16 games postponed, nine more this week. Again, we're ramping up and I'm starting to get worried. The NBA is going to have team security now on the court before and after games, enforcing masks, enforcing distancing. I hope that it'll work, Matt, but it's scary seeing these numbers and these postponements every day. Dude, 100% it's scary to see all the postponements because you think to yourself, how are they going to finish the season on time? How are they going to be able to fit in all these games that these teams should be playing now and not make the schedule unfair for them? It's going to be very interesting to see if they try to extend the season, if they you know, just kind of wipe out some games for some teams. I'm very interested to see what's going to play out here for COVID. Adam Silver has some work ahead of him, but you know what? Considering the amount of effort and the fantastic job that he put in last year to end the season and make the bubble happen, I got a lot of faith in the NBA. Whether or not it will go over 100% smooth, I don't know about that, but hey, they're doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah, man. I mean, postponing games isn't that bad. Uh, Dallas hasn't played a game yet this season because of COVID. So. <laughs> well, they haven't played in a, in a while. That's for sure. Oh, the, I'm talking about uh, the stars, man, in in, uh, in hockey. I jumped. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, no, don't worry. That's fine. That's kind of hilarious because you guys are a full week in now and uh, games should be going. Yeah, well, that'll be our closing topic. Let's stick to basketball sure, right now. Sure. What about okay, those injuries, well, buddy? All right. So the biggest one, obviously, is Karis Levert's life potentially being saved with this trade that happened because there has been a small mass found on his kidney 
Uh, there's no real information yet on whether it's cancerous, whether it's not, more along the lines of that. But it's crazy to think that the routine physical that the players have to take when they get traded is potentially a reason that this was found and could save his life. Wild. Absolutely wild, man. I hope that he is okay because even though we beat them in the playoffs last year, he is one of Marissa's favorite players to watch. He's he's wonderful. He's fantastic to watch on the court. He's got a really cool and interesting game, and I really hope all the best for him in this kidney mask because it's a scary thing yeah. to find at such a young age. Definitely, man, and the, the Pacers definitely need him to keep their playoff hopes alive. Honestly, especially with Miles Turner and his hand fracture right now, like, I mean, it's, it's only day-to-day and it's minor, but when uh, he gets taken out and Sabonis has to play everything on the inside, it's really proven that uh, they really need that defensive anchor in Turner. Oh, man, 100%. I know teams have gone to the small ball mentality, but you can't do a small ball mentality without a true defensive anchor who can guard the center position. Because if you don't have that anchor, teams are just going to take advantage of you. Just a fact. There's a reason that Turner leads blocks in the league. The only other major injury this week, Matt, was CJ and his broken foot. Four weeks. It's only a minor broken foot, which is nice, but I mean, he will be sorely missed for a Portland team that is playing pretty well right now. Dude, he couldn't have broken it before our game. He had to ice us like that. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, facts, Matt. Facts. If only that was a beautiful shot that he took. But yeah, sad for that team. They got a lot of options, though, and hopefully they'll be okay. Yeah, I'm sure Dame will keep him afloat. Hey man, even uh, even Carmelo's having a pretty good season now that he's fully figured out his role. Like I'm, I'm not gonna sleep on the Blazers even if they are in a very very tough Western Conference. Oh man, I see the Blazers as maybe a second round team, but it, the West is so deep out there. <laughs> they they're gonna have to find somebody to to swing a trade with if they want to go all the way. I mean, I feel like a lot of teams have been thinking that mentality right now, Matt. You want to break into some of those big games, those exciting moments that we saw last week? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely. I definitely wanted to touch on the Golden State-Denver game because that one was wild. That was right after we had just recorded that night, and Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic went on to put on a absolute show, my friend. Another triple-double from Jokic. A 35-point, 11-rebound game from Steph Curry. Like, the two went at it. Nuggets ended up on top, but uh, Warriors are sticking around, and they're a positive team right now. Like, we're pretty proud of them, for sure. Yeah, man. I'm very proud of the Warriors, especially the way that Andrew Wiggins is playing defense. He might not be scoring as well as he used to, but he's actually engaged defensively and actually providing defensive value. It's impressive. You know they're calling him two-way Wiggins in the locker room right now, right? Yeah, I've seen that, man. Um, pretty wild to think that somebody who is considered only a scorer and would never develop any other kind of characteristics could become a one of the premier two-way players in the game. Honestly, dude, it's exciting. I think that his fit is slowly and surely becoming better and better in Golden State. And as much as everyone can hate on Golden State as the league demons... I want to see them play well and be playing good playoff basketball, you know? Yeah, 100%, man. I love... The league is just better when Steph Curry is around. I read a a comment the other day that was, you know, NBA basketball is just better this year because we have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. It's just better. (laughs) Kevin Durant, we're going to get into him later, but I don't want to jump too far ahead. 
Matt, you want to talk about that Milwaukee and Dallas game the next day? Like the Bucks almost got rid of a, a a sketchy a sketchy game. They almost threw it away against the Mavericks, but uh, they held on in the end. One of ten from the free throw line, my friend. <laughs> One of ten. He joins like Shaquille O'Neal, Al Horford, and Andre Drummond as the only players to have that futile percentage when shooting free throws at, at that rate. I mean, he still ended up 14 of 21 from the field and 2 of 5 from three points. He had 31 points. But, I mean, 1 of 10? Come on! Matt, Matt, as much as I love Giannis, as much as you love Giannis, there's some things, there's little cracks in his games that he, I don't know if he can't figure out, I don't know what's going on, but it's just unacceptable. And, you know, they got lucky. Very, very lucky. Back-to-back MVP, man, should not be missing nine free throws in a game. You could miss, like, I mean, five. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't be doing that when Luca's on the other side putting up a 28-point triple-double. Like, yeah, they're lucky. That's all I'm going to say. Dallas has been in a weird situation all season, and this may be the story of their season and losing games this way, but uh, Milwaukee squeaks out in the end, and that's that's all I have to say about it. But. Dude, we talked about it last week. This team is mi- missing Seth Curry immensely. I mean, Luka and Przingis are forced into taking more threes without him, and one of seven and two of seven is not going to cut it for either of them. Oh, man, I feel like I need to go back like eight episodes to when we were talking about Seth leaving this team and how I was like, oh, I really like the Mavericks team. I think they're fine. And you were like, but they're missing Seth. And I was like, no big deal. They're going to be fine. Eat my words right now. Hey, man, at least you picked him up in fantasy. So you're doing well there. That I did. That I did, Matt, even though we're missing games left and right. But moving on, Matt, you want to talk about that Harden debut, that win against Orlando in the 16th? Because... Man, Harden, what a player. 32-12-14. I think that's unbelievably impressive. But the 42 points from Kevin Durant? Like, how could you ignore that too, man? They've got almost nobody else that they need to score. You could just run the offense through those two guys, and it would be unreal. I think that they should definitely trade Kyrie for some assets to fill out the back end of their roster. But hey, who knows? Man, we're talking about Harden's debut. We're going to come in, you know, we got a couple more games before we get to Kyrie's debut game where he gets absolutely slapped, unfortunately. But you're already talking about trading him. I mean, the Nets are in such an interesting place. They have such an interesting team because... I mean, a lot of people have been saying it best. They got to put up 125 to 150 points a night to win games because they don't have defense. They don't play defense. Like, they may be an offensive juggernaut. They may be a three-headed snake in terms of what they can do. But unless chemistry is going to figure out their defensive issues, the Nets have problems that they just can't fix. Man, I, I agree that they have a lot of issues on their team. And it, it could be scary. I also want to just throw out that Nikola Vujovic is an absolute monster. He had 34, 10, and 7 in this game with 5 steals. The man's rocking a 28.7 per. I mean, he is a unheralded gem in the NBA. He really, he really is. He puts up work. I mean, and, and that's a perfect example, Matt, of what I was talking about. How, you know, when you have to rely on DeAndre Jordan... 
you know, to play your hard, you know, center minutes, and then I guess Kevin Durant is going to play the other ones, you're going to see a player like Vucevic absolutely dominate and put up that many points and have that big of a game against that team because, yeah, Brooklyn just, they don't have that defensive edge right now, and unless they're, you know, shooting 60% from the field and 50% from three every single night, they're not going to pull W's left and right, you know? Yeah, man. Unfortunately, they're not going to be pulling that many dubs if they can't defend. It's our issue, All right, too. Well, too much too much Brooklyn talk. we got to come back because i got another game. Do you want to move on and talk about that New Orleans-Sacramento game where the Pelicans got that hot W? Man, that was a great performance from two young studs, man. I mean, 31 points for Zion, 43 for De'Aaron Fox. He was a man on a mission, just trying to score every time he touched that ball. And he basically did, man. 43-4-13, uh, four steals, and only two turnovers. That's that's a beautiful, beautiful game. Matt, it's an impressive box score. I'm sad to say that unless they played the Raptors, I have not seen a Pelicans game this season. My work schedule has had me working at night when games have been going, and I have been sad not to get to see Zion play. And to have him have a night against Fox in that way for them to duel, like, oh, that would have been such a treat for fans. Man, Zion, he has not taken a three yet this season, but (laughs) he is so efficient. 31 points on 13 of 15. Like, that's wild. He took 15 shot attempts and had 31 points. That's that's the efficiency I want on our team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zion is, is doing some scary things right now. The Pelicans, you know, don't have the best record. They're sitting 12th in the West. You know, I know you had them up as a high playoff team. Yes. What do you think it is, Matt? Do <laughs> you think it's, it's just the young kids trying to figure out how to come together? Or what's going on? I... I think that they're too young and they don't have enough veteran leadership. I think that with coupled with the fact that they're all kind of still figuring it out and, you know, is, is Ingram going to be the leader? Is Zion going to be the leader on a nightly basis? It kind of flips back and forth. Everybody's just kind of trying to find their spot. And I don't think that, they're going to do this poorly for the rest of the season. I honestly think they'll squeak into the playoffs. I completely agree. I loved your analysis there because they are young and they are figuring things out. And I mean, Brandon Ingram has really come out and shown that he can be the stud and Zion. I mean, he's, I mean, he's supposed to be the next big thing, the next box office star, right? So the next LeBron. Exactly. They're not in a rush. And I think that hopefully they know that. And are playing for experience, playing for young talent. And, I mean, I don't think you should be worried about the Pelicans if you're a fan right now. No, man, I wouldn't be worried. <laughs> Not at all. All right, moving on to that Golden State-LA game, that January 18th comeback. Steph Curry saying no, no, no to LeBron and ending that streak. Buddy, Steph Curry does it by himself. I don't, I don't know if we can talk more about him, but... <laughs> He has been that entire team's offense the entire season, and it is just spectacular to watch. I was very glad to see Golden State stop that L.A. train because LeBron, A.D., they are looking unbeatable right now. Like, I will be surprised if anyone wants to put somebody ahead of the Lakers. I mean, I mean, 
Lakers, the Clippers, but that's a whole nother story. But yeah, Steph Curry is once again continuing to prove that he is one of the greatest shooters, if not the greatest shooter to ever play the game. And to have a comeback, to rally down from 14 in the fourth, to beat what most people will consider the best team in the NBA right now, I tip my hat to you, Golden State Warriors. I really do. Definitely, man. And especially in a game where Anthony Davis has 17 rebounds. Didn't have that many points, but 17 rebounds is nothing to sniff at. No, no, definitely not, you know. I was glad to see Kelly Oubre putting up 23 points. I mean, 50% from the field. And I mean, let's not look at his three-point shooting, two for eight. But uh, he's slowly figuring it out, obviously. I mean, Wiggins is really, I think, the star beside Curry at this point. Uh, time will tell with Golden State, but they're sticking around. And they're an above 500 team, which is exciting, to say the least. Yeah, man, 100%. And back to your mention of Andrew Wiggins being the star, he's still only 25, right? So he's still developing, which is wild to think. Absolutely crazy, right? Maple Maple Jordan, he's got time to tell. He's got time to get better. And I think that, you know, as we were saying earlier, Golden State has really been the right place for him. And I think he's figured out and become comfortable. And having somebody like Curry to go, you know, when you're on the court with someone like Curry, you can be like, well, nice three-pointer. You got this, right? I don't have to do much. And he can chill and focus on playing defense. There's a reason why he's playing so well defensively now, right? There's lots of things that are enabled beside a player like Steph Curry. Oh, 100%, man. And I thought when that trade happened, it was going to be a good thing for him. So I'm I'm glad to see it working out that way. But man, we got to get to the hottest topic in the NBA right now. (laughs) That game last night between Brooklyn and Cleveland. Colin Sexton becoming the first ever Cleveland Cavaliers player to take out a super team. Oh, no, sorry. That was LeBron. Uh, Second ever Cavaliers player to do it. And dropping 42 points on with five rebounds, five assists, uh, two steals and a block, and only one turnover against that three-headed monster in Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. Wow. Man, what a spicy game. What a spicy game. There's controversy, Matt. The free throws at the end of regulation that should have happened for Kyrie but didn't because of the way the ruling works. But I don't want to get into that because I'm sure that's been beaten dead like a horse. I am so pumped for Colin Sexton to have a night like this. And not just him, Matt. You know, for Jared Allen, for Torian Prince, you know, to come in and say, you traded arguably some of your best defensive players of Brooklyn. And we're going to come back and we're going to say, hmm, we may be the worst offensive team in the league as the Cavaliers, but we can beat you by playing better defense. And you know what? They proved it last night, Matt. They did. They really did. Man, they did. Those guys that you're talking about, both of them had big nights statistically for them and really made a major impact on that game. Um, I don't see how... Kyrie Irving should be taking more shots than Kevin Durant and James Harden. I don't see how that's going to work. He almost doubled James Harden in shot attempts last night. Um, I would just trade him for assets at this point, man. It's his first game back. He's a wild person who doesn't necessarily take the NBA that seriously. Just get some assets. You're, 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 You're taking the juice from the media too quickly, Matt. It's his first game back, you know, um, 
my worry is not that Kyrie is taking 10,000 shots, because I think his first game back, they were playing that style. I think they were letting Harden be the point guard, you know, because Harden was really facilitating that game. I mean, he didn't take a shot, what? His first shot, that I think his first points he made were, uh, like, two minutes left in the first half. Like, they were playing a certain style, and I think that they were looking to try to build some chemistry and work on some things, and I bet Kyrie was like, yo, I want to shoot, and that's how it is. In reality, Durant. 38 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. I'd rather him take 28 shots and Kyrie take 25 because I bet you he shoots a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I don't want to rush this combination because this three-headed snake mat, as much as the defensive liabilities on this team is what it is, if that chemistry comes together, you have arguably three of the greatest iso ball making like playmaking players that can find their own shots and score their own points like it, uh, this could be unstoppable dude, if they figure it out and they could put up on 170 points a night dude they do say that in the nba when you want to win in the playoffs you have to have that go-to scorer who can create his own shot they've got three i'm just nervous that they don't have that defensive anchor kevin durant is a fantastic defensive player when he wants to be. So is Kyrie Irving. So is James Harden. But they all have to want to be. It's going to be tough. But I do do see them coming out of the East. I would see them coming out of the East a lot easier without Kyrie, in my opinion. I just think that he does too much of what they already have. Matt, I wish Dinwiddie wasn't hurt. Because if Dinwiddie wasn't hurt, you flip Kyrie for... I don't know, the true defensive anchor if Durant is okay with it, and then they're unstoppable, in my opinion. That thing. But this team, I don't want to rush into it. Time will tell. They've got a lot of great scoring potential, and who knows? There's always potential at the trade line for the right player being available for the right team. We saw it with Marc Gasol in our championship season, right? So uh, I'm not going to give up on this new Nets big three just yet. You know what, man? I, I like that Marc Gasol thing that you threw out there, so maybe they can get a, get a player like him, <laughs> a defensive stud, but I I just don't know how they're going to do it. The biggest surprises for me, man, out east have been Indiana and Cleveland, though. Both of them in the playoff spot right now would not have predicted that at that at this point. Cleveland at 7-7, seven and seven, staying afloat on the back of Colin Sexton and Andre Drummond has been wild. Drummond has... Almost a 25 per on 18.8, 15.1. And Colin Sexton is averaging 27 points on a 622 true shooting percentage for almost a 23 per. I would not have predicted that to start the season. Yeah, Sexton was a great fantasy pickup for your boy over here. I'm agreeing Who with you. Who told you to pick him up, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did want to make... I was hoping that that could slide under the radar, but yes, you led me in the right direction there, even though I did pick him up, and then he sat on the in the bench for four games because he had an injury, and it was like an hour before every game. Anyways, I'm just upset. Let's move on from that. But the Cavaliers are doing really well. They're looking really good. My question, Matt, is what do they do with their 10,000 centers? Is Drummond trying to play his way into a contract with another team, or is he trying to prove that he should be the center and then they should get rid of everyone else? I don't know, Matt. I just don't know. Dude, I have no idea what they're going to do with all their centers, but right now it seems to be working. <laughs> it just I does. Mean, that's it, right? They're, they're doing better than the Raptors right now, so can't complain at that rate. Yeah, if, if you're a <laughs> Cleveland fan, but man, them Raptors, bro. 3-1 and one this yeah. week. Not horrible. 
I was really hoping for that 4-0 mat. I was going to be really hyped for us to come on here. But they dropped that game last night. They fell apart. They got cold in the fourth like they do. And I can't be upset with a 3-1 week, Matt. You know, I have to be happy. Positivity, right? Yeah, man. Got to keep it positive. Even when uh, Nick Nurse isn't necessarily using his bench to the fullest potential. I think he... I think you're 100% right that he doesn't trust them. I think that he is looking for some players to step up in certain moments, and they don't, and then he just has zero faith. Nurse runs his lineups based on your defensive consistency. It's always been how he is. It's always been what we've heard from the conversations he's had with the media. If you are not willing to put 110% on defense while also being actually really good at it, he will not give you the opportunity to be an offensive juggernaut. There was a tweet from yesterday how Nurse was asked about how, you know, were they going to go to Matt Thomas? And he was like, you know, we thought about it. We almost pulled the trigger a few times, but we didn't. And that simply comes down to the fact that Nurse does not trust Matt Thomas's defense. And unfortunately, Matt Thomas, his defense is good, but it's not great. And so, 100%. I don't know. I don't know, Matt. It's unfortunate, but, I mean, Nurse is the coach for a reason, right? Yeah, man. He 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 is the coach for a reason. Um, he did have Kawhi to, to lead him to that championship in the first season. So, a little bit of a, an asterisk on that one. So, we'll see what he does. I did like the work that he did last year. But sometimes... What drives me absolutely insane is the fact that Chris Boucher has been arguably our best player. I mean, he has recently he he's been a monster. Yeah. The guy's average has a twenty one point one per, and he only played twenty two minutes. And there are games where he only gets twenty fifteen minutes a night, when I think we need to be playing him at least thirty. It's hard, Matt, because I love Boucher. I love what he's done recently. Even on the defensive end, he has started to improve, and he has been willing to be, you know, that that monster that crashes the boards no matter what, offensive end, defensive end. But I think that he's missing a Marcus All and Ibaka to play behind. I would have loved to have the opportunity to have him be that true backup center so that when he has those exploding nights, he can come in for 30 minutes. But when he isn't, he can play his strong game that he is playing well, and we can have a stronger defensive anchor because we were discussing this before, Matt. That's what the Raptors are missing right now, that true veteran leadership of a defensive anchor in the center position that we've had for a while now. Yeah, man. Especially in our championship season. Just, just to keep them out of the paint because what's happening is, is they can get in there so easily and score. And then we start to collapse our defense to try and offset what they're doing but then they start raining threes on us and it's mm -hmm. becoming an issue at this point do you know who that uh awesome starting center could have been Jonas Valanciunas <laughs> oh could JB. you imagine the two of them I, I do the two of them I would do miss me some JB. would be a great pairing not that either of them are great defensively because JV is not not a sweet defensive anchor by any means. He's more of an offensive threat, but he provides a bigger body and a different skill set than Boucher. And I'd like to have that kind of a skill set at this point because Baines looks awful, and we just waved Alex Len because he had to go. <laughs> Matt, I, I, you know, talking about Alex Len being waved, I'm glad you brought it up because I mean I want to touch on to it after this, but I do want to go back because it's interesting that you bring up JV because I look at JV and Boucher as a different but similar version to what Gasol and Ibaka were, of how they were not perfect of what they provided in their positions, but for what they did 
together as a unit and what they could provide Nurse in terms of options defensively would have been a very powerful combo. And so I'm hoping that with Len being waived and, you know, the magic that Masai can pull, maybe we'll find somebody that can play with Boucher in that center position because we need some help, man. We do. Definitely need some help out there, man. I know I have friends, though, that, that would rather us start losing games pretty hard. They don't like the 5-9 and nine record. They'd rather a 1-14 one in, one in, uh, record, something like that, you know? But they want Matt, fading should, for Cade, right? See, yeah, you should see what the conversation is like on the official Raptors Discord server. Oh, man. Everybody on there, when like we're up by like fifteen, is like, "Stop being so good. We want to. We want to do bad. It's painful. Yeah, it's painful to see sometimes. But I don't want to jump ship too early. We still got a lot of time left in the season. Two weeks from now, if we're either sitting where we are or we've gone worse places, yeah, let's fade. Let's get. Let's get all the way for Kate. You know, but the fact that we can go three and two in five games when Fred is shooting twenty nine percent from the field, like. We're still a good team. We just have some problems that we need to figure out. Look, man, if you take our last uh, six, seven games, they really, sh even though they're four and three, they really should be six and one. That win against the Kings, that big comeback, the Warriors game where they lost by a point on a big blown call and refs cheating, the McCollum Icer. <laughs> And then two yeah. Hornets wins, a Dallas win, and a Heat loss. I mean, if they have Honestly, those two man. wins, we're we're seven and seven, we're five hundred. But that's, that's the, story the story of our of season, season so far. Yeah, right. Like we've been talking about this, and I hope we don't continue talking about this. But who knows? We might actually be. But that must be it. Is we're a young team. You know, we've lost a lot of our veteran leadership. Kyle can only do so much. And I mean, hey. I won't be upset with the rebuild. We got our ring, you know, we're figuring it out. We got some young studs, but if we can put the right pieces together, we can still compete in this NBA. Maybe not for championships, but at least for, you know, Eastern playoff Man, honors. We could definitely compete, not for championships, but for the playoffs, and we should definitely be a playoff team. But I think you're right. We've lost too much depth besides the veteran leadership. When we have four guys who have a 20 per i mean freddie lowry siakam and boucher plus ananobi who has a 16 those are all all-star level pushing towards that caliber of player it's, yep. it's just when you go to the bench uh, the highest guy is 8.5 a norm powell and i mean norm's not had a great season he's had his moments but definitely not a great season by any means yeah there's a lot that the team has to figure out I've been excited by Stanimal and his defensive impact on the team and some of those oh. corner threes where I'm like, is that OG? But no, it's Stanimal, you know? He's been playing real well. His confidence is coming around, man. I remember watching yeah. earlier in the season. Um, at one point, they were playing, and Lowry kicks him the ball, and he kicks it back to Lowry, and Lowry's like, no, 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 kicks it back. And he's like, <laughs> shoot that. And he does. He doesn't hit it, but it set up another three that he eventually did hit. And I can see his confidence growing. You can see that he loves the defensive role on the team. He takes pride in it. Being that go-to stopper with OG and Anobi, the boys are just shutting it down. I mean, they're the reason that we're in a lot of games because of the way they play defensively. 
it's our offensive collapses, especially in the fourths. And a lot of these games that have been close are the reason why we're a below 500 team right now. And that's why I don't want to give up hope because, you know, if you start figuring out your rotations, if Nurse gets some trust with some of our studs in Thomas and TD and Flynn that provide ball movement, that provide open shots, that provide good shooting. Like, look at what Terrence Davis did in that game, having 13 points in the first half and then just not getting the play in the second, right? Like... 100%. There's hope. There's there is a team here, and the boys have potential. And I'm not giving up yet, Matt. I'm hoping for another strong week ahead of us. Man, there's definitely a team here. They've got to figure out those fourth quarter offensive issues. It's like a switch goes on sometimes, and they make basketball look very, very difficult. It's that half court offense which has been struggling since last year. I have no idea why, but they they can't seem to get it together. I don't know if it's a lack of ball movement, intensity, speed. It kind of looks like a combination of all of them. But, man, is it hard to watch sometimes. Rob's got work to do, Matt. They got four games coming up this week. Rematch against the Heat on Friday. Back-to-back on the Pacers Sunday, Monday. And then the Bucks on Wednesday. Tough week ahead of us, Matt. But uh, I think the boys will do pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's part of my hot take. So I'll save it for the end. Ooh, sorry, sorry. Uh, do you want to move into the NHL? Because I know you've been having a really good, enjoyable week watching hockey. Dude, I am so happy hockey is back. It is such a pleasure to get to watch my Montreal Canadiens play again. I have not missed a game, unfortunately for Marissa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah, I've also been watching some other games. Unfortunately, some teams have had to postpone games, just like in the NHL or in the NBA. I mean, it started on the second day of the season with that Dallas-Florida game that they had to postpone. Crazy. Yeah, man. And, I mean, Dallas hasn't played a game all season at this point, which is a little concerning for them. Because they're going to run out of time. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many days to play games. But, uh, I mean, hopefully things will go down. I mean, what we've seen with COVID is it's always been a ramp up. So uh, time will tell, right? Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they can get through the, the season. But, you know, when most teams have played a minimum of three games and you haven't even played one yet, it's going to be tough to get you all back in it, right? Yeah, yeah, that definitely puts you in a bad spot. But Matt, talking about your Canadians, because I know you've been loving it. I know you've been seeing some amazing hockey from these kids. Talk to me. Dude, 2-0-2 is not bad for a team that was just thrown together this offseason. I've loved watching them play because, one, we've talked about that Toronto game. They probably Mm -hmm. deserved a better fate. Unlucky. Whatever. In the next game against Edmonton, they absolutely rolled them. I I was watching the game, and it reminded me of the Sochi Olympics when Canada was playing, and their their team would just roll out line after line after line. Oh wow! And it was just like surgical military, like just the way that they would pound teams into the ground. This Canadian team back in Sochi, that's mm-hmm. what Montreal looked like they were doing to Edmonton in that game. It was crazy to watch, and I have not seen a Montreal team, I think, ever in my lifetime roll four lines like that. So that was super exciting for me. They got back-to-back wins on Edmonton. And then 
they're playing Vancouver last night, and it's probably the worst game of the season that they've had so far. At this point, when I see them play like this, the last few years, I know that they're going to lose. It's a, not a matter of uh, by how, or it's not a matter of when they're going to lose. It's by how much they're going to lose. It's the the expectation. Oh man, it was there last yeah. night, and you know Vancouver scores that one nothing goal, and Montreal battles back. It's one one. Then they score two one, two two, three two, three three, and I was. <laughs> Wow. I, I was getting wild, man. Eventually, the game ends up 6-5 in a shootout for Vancouver, which I'll take, man. They got a point in the game, in a game where they probably didn't deserve to get any. And the kids and the new additions look spectacular so far. Nick Suzuki, the rookie from last year who broke out, he has done some dirty dangles at least once a game i know i sent you that thing on on instagram kevin Mm -hmm. if you haven't checked it out oh i saw it oh i saw it. he makes quinn hughes look (laughs) so bad at hockey it is ridiculous because quinn hughes is an amazing hockey player but suzuki's they call him slick nick for his filthy mitts oh that's a good one yeah that's a good one i like that (laughs) he has been on a four game point streak along with petrie and weber KK got it going last night. He looked to be given that energy. He got a unsportsmanlike minor, and after he played great, he uh, yelled at the ref after he got tripped twice in the offensive zone, and no penalty was called. <laughs> but hey, you know he's a kid. He'll learn, um, man. But yeah. I am absolutely pumped. They are leading that North Division at the moment, which is I think probably the the strongest division in the NHL. That a lot of people say that the East is strong. I think they're all a bunch of middling teams, and so they're going to look okay. strong because it's together. Like, New York's middling, Buffalo's middling, uh, Boston middling. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say there's one great team. Maybe the Flyers. But, yeah. man, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary have all started the season pretty well. They're all expected to be great teams. Edmonton's got those two kids in McDavid and Dreisaitl. But it's Montreal, man. Montreal's leading the way, and hopefully they can lead all the way. I expected them to come third. I still do expect them to win the the division, though, in the playoffs. Hey, that's exciting, man. I'm glad to hear that the Northern Division has been holding up. Is there any team, Matt, in the NHL right now that has already come out and decided that they're going to be the team to beat this season, or is it still uh, up in the air? It's still very much up in the air, man. You've got the West Division, where the Vegas Golden Knights are 4-0, but... Honestly, the four teams at the bottom of that division are going to be the four teams at the bottom of the NHL draft. Like they like they're garbage teams all in this division. The biggest surprise I think so far is Bobby Ryan leading the league in goals through four games. He's got four goals. Now, I don't know if you know Bobby Ryan, but last year... I was about to ask. I don't know who Bobby Ryan is. So he was the second overall pick to Crosby. But last year, he actually had to check himself into rehab for substance abuse. And he came back and played an emotional game in in Ottawa at the time. That's where he was playing. He scored a hat trick. Mm. It was was great to see him come back and, and kind of start getting his life back to where it should be. And nice. this year, he signed a contract with the Detroit Red Wings, who were the worst team in the NHL last year. And he's leading the league in goals, man. He's got four. He's playing really well with them. Uh, Detroit's actually doing pretty well in their division. They're 2-2 two and two at the moment. So, 
I mean, that's a, a great story and a great surprise for me. I, I That's what I wanted to talk about. Man, that's super happy. I love to hear about stuff like that. Thanks for bringing that up, dude. No worries, man. It's always great to hear somebody pulling their life together and getting back on track. Gotta love the redemption stories, man. Yeah, especially in pro sports, because that's like a massive turnaround to try to make, especially when you're playing games at the absolute highest level. 100%, man. He had, he had been a fantastic hockey player for a, a number of years and had kind of fallen off, and people didn't know necessarily what it was we do know now that it was because of the substance abuse but i hope that he reaches the levels that he used to play at because he was a great player oh well that's super exciting anything else matt you want to touch on with the hockey or are we ready to move into those takes man i'm ready to tell you about my take because our raptors i don't think they're gonna have a perfect week i don't think they're gonna have a a bad week i think they're gonna go two and two i think they lose to the Pacers and to Milwaukee, but they also get a win versus the Pacers and the Heat. Well, I mean, that would mean that our Heat and Pacers matchups would be splits both ways, which I mean is pretty even when you consider the state of those teams right now. And I mean, Milwaukee is always a toughie. So uh, two and two, that's a, I mean, that's spicy because with the reps, you know, you never really know what could happen, but also relatively safe. So I like what you're doing there, Matt. Thanks, buddy. I mean, you don't want to jinx the boys, okay? Exactly. Okay. On my end, I was, I've was i been really thinking about this one this week. You know, after Brady got that win and, you know, set me up to 2-0, and I was thinking it's, it's really tough this week looking at the games. Rodgers may be the MVP, but I can't stay away from Brady. I don't want to touch the other side because I don't know what's happening with Mahomes and if, the bill, if I go against them, it's a terrible decision. So I'm going to say that the Bucks are going to keep going. Brady's going to do it again. He has to step up as the GOAT. But imagine the storyline if Brady was able to take that team all the way to the Super Bowl. It would be unreal, Matt. Well, Kev, um, I was looking at this stat because the Dallas Cowboys hadn't been to an NFC championship since, I think, 1997. So it's been 23 years, 23 seasons without getting there. Tom Brady first season in the NFC. Yeah, I'll just go to the NFC Championship game. <laughs> when I don't go to the He's AFC the Championship game, I go to the NFC. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's why I'm sticking with Brady. It may not be the best decision because Rodgers looks like an unstoppable force, and he really, like you said earlier, wants to face Mahomes, but I'm going to stick with the go. Putting that perfect NFL long. record on the line, buddy. Putting it on the line. <laughs> Yeah, that 2-0 and perfect record. Ooh, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think you're good to wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.